You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV. And crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, June 24th, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to have a spoiler filled discussion about Miss Marvel, episode three, Destined. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Uh, before we get into things, uh, we should say that uh, with the end of Obi-Wan Kenobi, that means that next week's recap, uh, spoiler discussion, whatever you want to call it, is going to be on Wednesday. Uh, so we'll be back to just doing one spoiler discussion a week until Disney t- tries to screw us over again. And um, I will not be here next week, but Brad will. So look forward to that on next Wednesday. And, yeah. Uh, whoever his secret mystery guest is. I'm like hyping that up. Like it's going to be someone like cool. Kevin Feige. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's just, it's just going to be Ben. It's probably just going to be Ben. It's probably going to be Ben. Don't get hyped up here. guys. I mean, Ben is worth getting hyped up over, but you know, you put Kevin Feige and Ben next to each other, you know, you know what I'm saying? Anyways, (laughs) okay, let's get into it. Uh, We have a couple emails to get into from last week. Uh, Robert from Belgium. It's cool that like people from Belgium are listening to us talk about movies and TV shows. Uh, He says, I just wanted to let you know in the second episode of Miss Marvel, 
uh, aka the one from last week at the fair where Nakia hands out voting flyers. The one who takes the selfie from the Mosque Bros is actually one of the directors. Uh, maybe you noticed him, but if not, you're welcome. I actually didn't notice this, so that's cool. That is cool. Little Easter egg, and there's actually another Easter egg in this episode, which I'll bring up when uh, when we get there. Uh, Mark from Brisbane, Australia. We're only getting like international. Hey, I've been to, I've been to Brisbane. Have you? What, what what's cool in Brisbane? Uh, th- so I don't remember if this was actually in Brisbane or if it was very close nearby, but there was this cool uh, animal sanctuary where you could got to. Uh, you could hold a koala and you could hang out with kangaroos and see a bunch of cool, cool animals. I want to hold a koala. It's they're 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 so they're surprisingly a little bit more rough than you'd think. They're not like super cuddly, but they're 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 still fun to see. Well, you know what you missed in Brisbane is you missed a Pizza Hut buffet. Because ah! our- Mark says that in Brown Plains, Brisbane, uh, there's a pizza buff, uh, Pizza Hut buffet. It's a low uh, social economic area, so it's still running. And uh, but I'm pretty sure it's the only one in Brisbane, if not Australia. We went about three years ago, and it was like not like when you were a kid. Pizza expectations are a lot higher as an adult. <laughs> I mean, you don't necessarily go there like for the highest quality pizza, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I just say even when I was a kid, the pizza quality—I did not think the pizza quality was high. I just loved being able to get like a bunch of different pizza slices. Yeah, exactly. You can you can get one with sausage pepperoni. You can get one with like with with uh, just pepperoni. You can get just cheese. You can get a slice of supreme. You know, rather than like it would be nice if you could order a pizza like that. You know, like get eight different slices of pizza in a single box. Yeah, just like the variety. There used to be a place uh, near me that did pizza delivery uh, called Bootleg Pizza. Um, they don't exist any longer, but they they would um, their pizzas were like these square, almost like Sicilian slices. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of getting a pizza, it's basically a pizza that's sliced into four huge slices. Yeah. And you could actually order one that like was a variety of the different, like you could order, you know, one slice of pepperoni, one slice of cheese. That's great. I, I used to love doing that. Anyways. Okay. People are probably like, get into talking about Miss Marvel and not Pizza Hut. <laughs> uh, so Prad, what did you think of episode three of Miss Marvel? Uh, I, you know, I liked it. This show continues to be supremely entertaining. Um, Iman Vellani continues to be fantastic as Ms. Marvel. Uh, we definitely got like a big jump in story this time, learning about uh, who the villains are and uh, getting an entry into exactly what's up with this bangle and what's going on. And uh, yeah, lot, lots of cool new tidbits in this episode. And yeah, I'm just I'm still digging this, you know, John Hughes meets Marvel kind of vibe. And uh, I, I can't help but continue to love the just how cool it is to have. Um, you know, a, a Pakistani family at the center of this story. It's it adds a lot of interesting layers uh, that you know I, I wasn't even expecting to see in a show like this. I, like I was expecting their culture to be prominent and important as to who uh, Kamala is, but there are other little details throughout that really are representative of the uh, you know Pakistani experience, and not just Pakistanis, but uh, several different people who come from the Middle East and how uh, you know they have been treated and portrayed and, and that kind of thing 
yeah, uh, cosine everything you said. I, you know, I write down my brief thoughts, and basically, you hit every note of what I <laughs> what I wrote down. Uh, she is delightful. I I just love her in this role, and uh, I'm not sure, Brad. Have you watched any interviews with her talking about the show? I haven't. I just watched her on uh, Jimmy Fallon, and it was just like a delight, like hearing her, like just her geeking out about like the whole process they showed. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. They showed uh, her getting a fo- the phone call telling her that she's going to be Miss Marvel. And like Kevin Feige, like what she called it was, um, uh, <laughs> I forget what she, what she termed it, but like she was on a phone call and all of a sudden Kevin Feige shows up. <laughs> it was just like a jump scare. She called it a Kevin Feige jump scare is what she called it. <laughs> uh, but it was, I don't know. She's just amazing. Um, this... I honestly think this is shocking to me. This is really shocking to me. But I honestly think this might become my favorite Marvel TV series. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm really just loving it. Um, That said, and we'll get into this later in speculation and at the end of this episode, I'm a little bit worried about where it's headed. But so far, I'm really, really enjoying it. But... um, Uh, And, uh, yeah, I love uh, all the mythology that's unfolding from this. And it it really is starting to feel like this is going to be a bigger part to the Marvel Cinematic Universe than maybe we suspected. Yeah, it does feel like it's leading into, at at the very least, something that will help set up what what will happen in the Marvels, probably. Um, And and could end up being something important to the larger Phase 4 universe or storyline. Because uh, Feige has also talked about how sooner than later we'll probably learn what like the bigger picture is for phase four so yeah i mean obviously she's going to be part of young avengers at some point and uh, eventually it's leading to secret wars right so i don't know it it feels like this is a a, it's you know not just an origin story entry to this it feels like there might be more here and we'll 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 talk about that when we get to it um okay let's uh oh and i also want to say Thank you, Marvel, for introducing the bat, the big bad guys in episode three, not in the the end of the last the penultimate episode. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, uh, okay, let's um, uh, let's get into it. Okay, episode three is titled "Destined," which I, I think has multiple meanings. Obviously, the the bad guys introduced here are called the clandestine, um, and we learned that Kamala Khan is maybe destined to become Miss Marvel? Am I re- reading too much into that? That she would, that you mean like, like her becoming a superhero is like her destiny? Yeah. That's like uh, kind of in her, you know, it's in her ancestral, like it's not like, you know, the comic book character, it happened like she was in, you know, that, that bomb went off and it was like an accident. It was like, you know, there's two types of like things that happen in Marvel It's either like, it's an accident or you were the chosen one. I feel like this is more of like, you were the chosen one. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So the opening scene is a flashback to, uh, when the British occupied India in 1942. And this is where Cameron's mother, Najma, uh, is stealing the Bengal, off a mummified corpse in some kind of temple. First of all, before we talk about the temple, that hand looks blue. 
Is oh, yeah. That, is that a Cree hand, Brad? That was immediately my thoughts, too, especially since there have been theories around of that being uh, a Cree bracelet that the bangle is. Uh, and so the fact that that was a very blue uh, person does immediately made me think that that was somebody who was a Cree. Yeah. At first I was like, you know, maybe like, you know, skin gets discolored over time and maybe it turned blue. But I don't know. Like, yeah. Especially with the rumors that this might be a Cree nigga band. Um, Unless that was somebody who was in a plane crash and the blue toilet water spilled all over him. Because <laughs> that stuff stains pretty bad. I mean, th- th- that's the second of the two possibilities for sure. Uh, also, as you mentioned, I think I mentioned last week that the nigga bands. Um, uh, they first appeared in 1969's Captain Marvel number 16, and that's where the Cree Supreme Intelligence awarded them to Marvel, who was the original Captain Marvel. Uh, you know, in in the movie in the MCU, Captain Marvel has her power. It's a different version uh, than what the original comics were, uh, but it it could be. I'm I'm wondering if this blue hand is going to come into play in any way or do you think it's just could it just be like an easter egg to fans of like i don't think so i feel like the like where that band comes from probably has to be pretty important as well you know because like there has to be some explanation as to like uh you know where they were you know exiled from and why and then i imagine the Cree have to tie into it somehow that there's there's something going on there yeah, and we know that the Kree are going to come into play in you know the future of Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel's going to team up with Miss Marvel and the Marvels. Uh, so yeah, I think there's something here. Okay, so uh, she's not alone there. She's with a bunch of people, uh, including Aisha, Kamala's great grandmother, and uh, Aisha rips off the bangle from the corpse, and there's there's supposed to be two of them. We learn. But they've only found one, and they theorize that it might the other one might have been looted by the British. Brad, where do you think the the location of the other one is going to come into play in the season of Miss Marvel? I feel like it has to. I mean, like that's that's going to be the the big thing is you know if there's two of something, the other one probably has to come into play somehow, uh, and it will, will appear you know surprisingly in a key moment more than likely. Yeah, um, although it's been you know. Hundreds of years, or over a hundred years, since they've um, been stuck. I mean, we'll learn about that later. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, okay, so the the group stands over the symbol, which is the symbol of the ten rings that we saw in Shang Chi. So this temple seems to be a temple that was built uh, part of like the ten rings. Brad, what do you think this means? Well, there is that theory about how. Uh, you know the the bangle and the ten rings maybe all are you know pieces created you know whether it's by the same people or from the same power or something like that. Um, so that's definitely uh, an interesting theory and one that maybe will hold a little bit more water now that we've seen that. Um, but yeah, specifically, I'm 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 not sure, but uh, obviously that, that's there for a reason. Yeah, I w- I wonder. I, I wonder if we're going to see – I mean, you don't just put a thing like that in there as an Easter egg. I feel like this is going to be something that comes into play. I will say that the the ten rings that we saw in Shang-Chi in the design of this uh, bangle, especially when it lights up and stuff, it feels like there's something 
similar about them. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, in so much that like all the Marvel cinematic universe stuff is designed by the same prop people, but uh, I don't know. It, it, it feels like there's some kind of connection here. So we'll, I guess we'll find out about that a little later. Um, but uh, Najma is uh, the one telling the story, the, the story to uh, Kamala. And uh, I guess that makes me question this, Brad. It, it, can we trust how things were presented to us? when the person telling us the story is an unreliable narrator. I mean, like typically, you know, probably not. It's just a matter of like how unreliable are they? Yeah. I I feel like there's nothing here that seems like twisted in some way. Yeah. So, uh, so she she says that the last time they saw that was the last time that they saw Aisha, which is a uh, Kamala's great grandmother. Do you think that's true? I, f- you know, I mean, more than likely, but maybe she's fudging like why it was the last time they saw her or what happened to her. Like she, I'm sure she probably knows more than she's letting on. Yeah. Okay, and it's also explained that they were exiled from another dimension almost like a, a century ago, and the Bengals might have been able to bring them back home. So they've been searching for them in the shadows. And, uh, I mean, this changes the Miss Marvel origin in big ways, more so than, like, what we've talked about in the last two weeks, because uh, Miss Marvel is... She used to be inhuman in the comics. Uh, Here, we just believed her to be a New Jersey girl who came across this bangle. But now it seems like she has some, I don't want to say alien heritage, because the, well, they're from a different dimension. Does that mean like Earth or is that like, what do you think that means? Uh, that I was wondering myself, you know, like, are they from another universe or, you know, I mean, like, yeah, I I feel like at some point they're going to have to like define whether it's like parallel universe, uh, if it's a different timeline, if it's part of the the multiverse, you know, if a different dimension is something different from the universe, because maybe it's just a matter of them not using the same terms to describe things you know because like obviously characters like dr strange are aware of the concept of the multiverse but that's not necessarily something that everyone is aware of and so like there's no unifying way to describe when you're from another universe or another dimension what have you so yeah i think that that's something that we'll probably have to wait to to learn more about uh they didn't know aisha had offspring until she put on the uh the bangle and they sense the presence of Noor, and Noor is described as meaning light, and it's what uh, it, it, them being part of the Noor universe or dimension is what slows down their aging. It's why they haven't aged in a hundred years. Um, their people uh, can't access the Noor. Like it, it seems like the way they describe it. All the people from their dimension have that like power of light, 
but they were unable to access the full potential of the Nor powers. Uh, but Kamala, who was born in this dimension, has some of our 616 human DNA. Uh, she can, and theoretically, maybe Cameron might be able to as well, I think is what they're leading to. They don't quite say that, but is that what they're spelling out? That's what it seemed like. Yeah. Uh, and this also explains the fact that like, when I mentioned like the, that they're not aging, but it seems like someone like Kumala, who was born part human or part from – I'm just going to say human even though it, it's hard to – yeah, we'll call them Nors and humans. We're going to differentiate like that. It seems like she's part Nor and part human, so she's going to not stay young forever. Correct? Yeah. I, yeah. would, I would think so. Also, yeah. I just want to point out one of the parts that I loved here is when she hears Noor and she tries to like test out. Like She's like, Noor, girl. No. Like, <laughs> it's terrible. I like that it like just happened so like off, like, you know, just so quickly under her breath. Like, you know, it, the people in the room didn't like acknowledge what she said. Uh, she's still looking for that name. She still needs to figure out who she is, which yeah. I think is... um. Not just funny, but it's also thematic of what's going on with her. Um, so, yeah. So, they, they, they come from the Nord dimension where uh, they are known as clandestines or jinn, which uh, D-J-I-N-N. Uh, so, the jinn are – they were mentioned actually in like one of the previous episodes. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. The brother – like asked if, if she wanted to keep the lights on or is she still afraid of the gin? So I, I thought that was, I, I just thought at the time it was like a cultural kind of thing they added in there, but it was cool that it was kind of like a little, little setup there for what was coming later. Uh, so Kamala explains in the next scene that it's kind of like a ghost, but they're real and the gin are, they're kind of a certain type of spirit in Islam. They're similar to, to an angel I've read, uh, they in in reality, in our reality, not uh, the reality of the show, uh, it's described that they are a spirit unseen by humans with immense power and that many Muslims believe that the jinn can take the form of an animal or a human. So I wonder if that's going to come into play at all. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> uh, but uh, in the comics, uh, the jinns exist uh, in usually human form, and uh, some are trapped in inanimate objects, kind of like how, you know, uh, genies in our world, like <laughs> how we use genies in pop culture and stuff like that and stories. Uh, their powers vary, and it seems like they aren't really basing this on any of the previous comics. So we have nothing to speculate on other than what we're seeing here in the show. Uh, but also I want to mention that in the Marvel comics, there is a group called the Clandestine spelled capital C I A N capital D Estine. Um, and they appear in the X-Men comics and they're different than this. So I don't think they're basing it off them, but yeah. So there's that. Uh, by the way, one of the members of the clandestine um, is busy watching a video on, on the internet on his phone. And he starts singing popcorn, popcorn. Do you know what that's a reference to, Brad? 
I don't think so, unless it's something that, you know, <laughs> being on the internet, you know, for decades now, it's like, who knows the things that I have forgotten that I once knew about. I did not know this, uh, I, I and I watched the episode twice, then I saw someone on Twitter mention this. So in last week's episode, there was a girl, Zoe, from Kamala's high school. Mm-hmm. She was being interrogated, interrogated by the Department of Damage Control. And the agent, because she she filmed, there was that clip or whatever, and the agent mentions that he really liked her video on low-calorie popcorn. Huh. And, he, and he, he references, he sings popcorn, popcorn. So it's funny that, like, they, they probably saw that video, that viral video, and probably looked at her other videos, and that guy now is singing the popcorn, popcorn song. That's so, pretty good. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Kamala meets up with Bruno uh, who was very worried about her. Bruno mentions Nightlight, and Kamala still hates the nickname. And um, Department of Damage Control is trying to search the mosque, but the newly elected board member, Nakia, tells them that they can't search the mosque without the, a signed warrant. And boy, did that election happen so fast, Brad. I think it happened like overnight. I mean, uh, it's it's like a small community thing, you know, yeah. and like and also she was like doing it at the last minute. So I imagine there obviously wasn't a lot of time until the actual, uh, you know, election. Fair enough. Uh, I do want to take this opportunity to ask you about the Department of Damage Control. Do you th- like so far they've kind of been like the FBI or something like that, but like an antagonist version of the FBI mm-hmm. for the show purposes. Do you think there's something more here or do you think they're just kind of like the B villains of this series. Yeah. I think that's really what it is. Cause like they've already done the thing, you know, where uh shield was Hydra. And I feel like it would be kind of lame if they repeated something like that, where department of damage control ended up being another villainous organization. So I think that they're just, they're just made out to be the government uh, law enforcement that is giving them trouble because they're the ones who are designated to deal with superheroes. Now. I almost wonder if it's going to be a turn in the other direction where we thought they were bad guys and all along they've been trying to track down the clandestine and they're like actually good. That, I mean, that's certainly possible. I, I feel like they're not. They're although, not as, although some of the stuff with them searching the mosque feels really like, you know, especially coming off, um, you know, what happened after nine 11 and uh, the whole black lives matter, like it, all, all that stuff. It, it feels like it would be weird to do that twist. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that they're pushing them like to be like full on villains necessarily. You know, like they're antagonistic, like pretty much every law enforcement organization is. But yeah, I, I think that you're probably right about like making them like turn out to be secret heroes is wouldn't necessarily work so well because of how they you know paint the the idea of racial profiling and like yeah. you know making those kinds of assumptions just because uh, you know things happen at a mosque and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, So Kamala discovers her videos are going viral on the internet, and uh, we see a party at uh, Kamala's house before her brother's wedding, and I I just love how the show keeps on giving us a a fantastic glimpse into her family's culture. I got to admit, I'm not like – I haven't seen many movies that kind of show this – this culture so this is like one of my first introductions into pakistani you know like and, and it seems like more of a modern pakistani kind of uh family um and it's i don't know i i just uh 
I don't know if it's authentic, but it feels really authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kamala's uh, grandmother is not at the wedding and wasn't at her mother's wedding at all. And uh, that's kind of weird because she's sending them packaging uh, packages. She FaceTimes her daughter. Like, what do you think is going on there? What do you think her excuse was for missing both of these weddings? Her her grandmother? Yeah. I mean, she's in Karachi, so I imagine it's probably... Just too far. Yeah, I mean, far and also probably pretty pricey. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so uh, everyone in the community is not praising Nightlight as a hero, and even Kamala's mom says that the girl's mother should be ashamed by all the trouble she's causing the community, and uh, Kamala asks uh, a mom... Uh, which is uh, uh, it's like the the leader, like the priest of the mosque, uh, I guess is how you describe it, uh, about Nightlight, and he he uh, like she asks like how does she can how would Nightlight convince everybody that she's good because it seems like people are not. Uh, thinking that she is she's a good part of this community and he responds uh with with some perf- perfect wisdom uh good is not a thing you are kamala it's a thing you do and um you know again i, I i've i've never been to a mosque uh, i have very little experience with uh that religion but i grew up catholic and I went to church every Sunday, and I'm, I'm not religious anymore. But uh, usually, when I see movies and TV shows, and you see characters uh, go to priests and ask for advice, they usually have like, like sage, like wisdom, and they like. I don't know. It, it's it's usually presented in this one way, and I, in my experiences, that's not what happens when you go to a priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more like. It happens here where Kamala asks uh, him if she think if he thinks Nightlight is good or bad, and instead of answering the question, he turns the question back on her, and it's a, it's about him telling not about him telling her how what to feel, but challenging her to consider what's what's right. And I think I don't know. I, I again don't know anything about uh, the. The, the authenticity of this interaction in it, if it's like that in uh, a mosque, but I just felt it was very real and authentic to what I've seen from religious leaders and teachers. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. So, um, Bruno couldn't make the party, but left uh, Kamala a gift. And it's a small eye mask for her new hero outfit. And at the store, Kamala's father buys a fruit pie, which don't don't tell anybody about it. He's not allowed to have. Uh, notices Bruno's research on the gin, and he translates the the script there because it's not in English; it's in Urdu. And uh, we learn that uh, it's about a group. Uh, they're a group that work in shadow to get back at their back to their home world. But to do so, they need to unlock the, an ancient barrier within a pre-mortal power. I will say, Brad, as, as much as I like that they're, like, giving us the information of, you know, they're explaining what's going on here. It seems weird that there's, like, some ancient book documenting 
this group that's that's only uh they've only been on earth for 100 years or something anyways it's just a, a criticism of mine but um the earlier kamala asked Bruno, if he know, knew anything about interdimensional travel, and he mentioned a scientific paper from Eric, Selve, Eric Selvig, who who we know from somewhere. Right, Brad? Yeah, he's uh, from, from the Thor franchise. Yeah. And, uh, and also Avengers. Do you think he's going to end up in, in the new Thor movie, Love and Thunder? I doubt it. Doubt it. Yeah, but it, he did some work on interdimensional travel, and Bruno has read that paper now, and he says it's possible but requires a the base energy of the sun, and that would require a huge margin of error. So uh, in simpler terms, if she helps them, something might go boom, is what he says. Uh Huh. Uh, it doesn't mean that things are going to go boom. It's just like there, if things go wrong, uh, what do you think boom means, Brad? What, what, how big is boom? I mean, considering the amount of power, I, I would say pretty big. The destruction of all, all of Earth? Uh, yeah, I mean, probably, I would assume. Yeah. Um. I like uh, Kamala is still question even three episodes in and she has these powers. She's still questioning herself. She has like that line, like obviously I can't be a superhero. Um, you know, she thinks she has this uh, bangle not to be a, her own hero, but it, she got it for a purpose and the purpose is helping these people. Um, so Bruno finally breaks the news that he got into Caltech and she doesn't seem to take it well, but like it doesn't seem like we get much time to like get a reaction from her. Right? Is yeah. that is that your yeah. Um we we also have this wonderful scene where Kamala's mother is helping her bandage her knee, and she asked her mom if there was ever a time that she wanted something so badly got it and it wasn't as great as she ex- expected and we get the story of how she you know moved to america and thought it was gonna be this great thing and then how she felt so alone but eventually if you, she found a community she found friends family and now is clearly very fulfilled and happy and um it's also cool that this I, I feel like this show portrays her life in that way of like her being um, very full with community friends and family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kamala tries or Kamala um, texts Cameron over in, in uh, wait, she, she texts him that she wants to help out, but she needs more time to figure it out. And it's not presented in this cool way anymore. What is going on here, Brad? They were doing this cool thing where texts were like on the street. They were on signs on buildings. Well, no, they, they still did do it in a cool way because it, it didn't you notice that the the animation emerged from uh, the mouth of I think it was like a, a cartoon version of her on a poster on the wall. Oh, it did. Yeah. Oh, like it, okay. it, appe- it appeared like a talking bubble out of the mouth of that poster and then became the, the phone graphics. I totally did not notice that. OK, touche. Uh, Cameron's mom reads the message and says, 
quote, we have no more time, unquote. And despite it being dangerous, quote, we are going to make her help us. I'm wondering what you think of this, Brad, because they've been here for over 100 years. Why are they running out of time? You know, why can't they just wait a couple more days to get an answer here? I mean, that's a good question and one that I'm sure we'll probably find out sooner than later. Yeah. But you have no theories, I'm guessing. I don't. Okay. Uh, Kamala's brother, Yousef, uh, doesn't have much money saved and is worried about uh, the choice he's making, the life he's entering into. And uh, Kamala overhears his father giving him some sage advice. Uh, fear versus love. You need to... It, honestly, like I don't know. I, I approach a lot of my decisions that I make in my life with this in mind. And it's... Uh, the whole fear versus love. Like if, if you're making a decision out of fear, you got to question it because it's usually you're making the, the wrong decision. I'm not saying it's always, you know, you need, you need to preserve stuff sometimes, but I feel like you should always be looking for the, 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 the path of love, not fear. Um, Kamala's brother gets married and we have that wonderfully choreographed, almost Bollywood style dance sequence which was just so delightful uh what did you think of this whole scene yeah it was great you know this is just one of the one of the the many reasons that i love this episode and it's just I, i'm a big fan of uh musical moments in movies like this and so this was just just a really fun scene yeah and uh i do want to mention that nakia was practicing the dance moves with a bunch of people outside the party in the previous scene so if you, you looked in the back, uh, like actually at the foreground, you would have saw that. And also the showrunner of the series, uh, Miss Marvel, has a cameo in the audience here. So, so you have the director in last episode and you have the showrunner in this episode. And uh, the bride's brother is wearing the Hulk costume that was made for Kamala while it's on the dance floor. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, so uh, a Bon Jovi cover band called Brown Jovi is performing. Hilarious. Yes. Yeah. So good. Uh, and if you remember last week's episode, I didn't even mention this on the podcast, but uh, Kamala's mom was expressing her love for Bon Jovi and even proclaimed it. If it wasn't for the musician, Kamala might not exist. Uh, and in that episode, she proposed the idea of that living on a prayer be the song for the, their first dance. Um, I, I just thought it was like fun joke kind of stuff. I didn't realize that it was going to co actually come into play later on. But it, it came into play. So uh, Cameron shows up just in time to interrupt Bruno and Kamala, who were going to have their first dance together. It was going to get romantic for once. It was finally, you know, you know, will they, won't they kiss? It, it, it was getting to that point. Uh, and he interrupts. He's there to warn her that his family is coming and they will kill everyone. Uh, Kamala thinks quickly and pulls the fire alarm. Uh, which I thought was a, a clever way of clearing out a location. Like we've talked recently on the podcast and criticized like all these like big action sequences and superhero movies like taking place like in abandoned train stations or on an abandoned planet. But I like that, you know, this way they like, you know, they pull the fire alarm and then they have a abandoned wedding wedding venue where no one can get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the action sequence that followed, I thought was a lot of fun with Kamala trying to avoid the clandestines 
and uh, in backstage hallways and in the kitchen and uh, of this hotel venue. And she's getting more comfortable as she's using her powers. What did you think of this whole action sequence as a whole? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I like seeing her figure out how to use her powers to protect herself. And uh, we also get to see that like they did still figure out a way for her to basically have similar abilities to what she did in the comics, just not exactly in the same way with the way she uh, basically makes a huge fist out of her, the, the crystal forms that she can make. And that's very similar to what she would do uh, in the comics and also what she does in the, uh, the Avengers video game that came out not too long ago, because she can make her fist big and stretch and, and do big punches like that. So it was nice that they still were able to do that. Yeah. And the best part of this whole sequence in my mind Brad, is that it was set to Bon Jovi's Living in a Prayer. Uh, but it was actually Bon Jovi's version of this. I was hoping we were going to get Brown Jovi's <laughs> version of Living in a Prayer. Uh, and apparently I read an interview. The director actually had to write a letter to Bon Jovi to convince him to let them use the song. And they were arguing that Bon Jovi's music uh, means a lot to the, you know, not only the residents of New Jersey, but also immigrants that moved there from other countries who have a strong connection to american popular pop culture so i thought that was cool that he let them use it and also uh i think the director noted that the choice of living on on a prayer is perfect because it's about two scrappy kids from new jersey trying to survive under what feels like impossible odds Mm -hmm. so um the clandestine search for kumala and uh one of the clandestines taps a pendant on his chest and it turns into a mace. What kind of magic is this, Brad? What is going on here? I just thought they were from another dimension. Now they're able to like turn pendants into maces. I mean, they, they clearly have some kind of, you know, yeah. uh, you know, warrior abilities and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, you know, it's what you expect. Yeah. I, I just want them to explain what, what's going on there. Because it was like just in like one shot, and I was like, "Whoa, th- that's weird." Uh, so Kamala uses her powers to defend against the clandestine in the wedding venue, and um, I'm I'm actually surprised at how little of this action scene actually took place in the like the actual wedding room itself. Um, because you'd think if you cleared everybody out, like they'd do more there, but it was like a lot in the kitchen and the hallways. Uh, I think. The big thing here is that Cameron uh, not only came to warn Kamala, but he comes in to Kamala's aid, allowing Bruno and her to kind of get out of there, but then gets thrown from a third-story balcony through a glass railing, um, and uh, the clandestine surrounds her, and uh, Kamala's bangle begins to glow. And um, Najuma grabs it, and we see this bright light, kind of like the bright light she saw before. But instead of uh, her seeing, like, all those people or whatever those things were, she sees a train that comes straight at them. Brad, what is going on here? What does the train represent? I'm not entirely sure. You know, I really, I really don't know. I don't know if that's, like something that's part of the from the dimension that the clandestines are from uh you know it's also like an old locomotive too it's not like a modern train well i will say it, it says karachi it does on the locomotive yeah so, so it's yeah. earthbound yeah I, I don't know if it's something that is meant to be like 
just like a clue as to like what what they need to do or where Kamala needs to be, which is why, uh, you know, as we find out, her her grandmother says that she needs to come to Karachi. Um, but yeah, as to as for why it shows up right then and there and what it means, I think we definitely are just going to have to wait to find out. Yeah. I mean, my first thought was the whole story about her mom and how she almost didn't make it on the train. But oh, I don't, yeah. I don't understand what, what, what it has to do with the future of the story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Department of Damage Control come arrives and arrests the clandestines, allowing Kamala and Bruno to escape, and they run into Nakia, who finally realizes that Kamala was nightlight all along. And she's kind of upset that she didn't tell her. And uh, but there's no time to explain. She needs to run. Kamala arrives home and is interrogated by her parents, but can't tell them what's going on. She goes to her room, uh, gets a FaceTime call from her nanny, her grandma, and uh, she asks Kamala, "Did you see the train?" Because she saw it as well. And this makes me wonder if. Do you think all people of the Noor race saw the train? And if so, wouldn't that mean that Kamala's mother and brother also saw it? I don't think it's necessarily everyone of the Noor race, but people probably who have uh, the the abilities that like Kamala and I presumably her grandmother have, because you know, as it seems, her mom maybe necessarily isn't aware or like has the same. Uh, you know, blood lineage to be able to do that kind of thing, or if she does, maybe she's just denying it, you know, and keeping it secret. There's something going on because there's that whole story about the train and how she like got lost and then she made it on the train by following stars or something. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I, I'm guessing we're gonna see a flashback and find out what happened there. And I'm guessing that was like a pivotal moment um, for the clandestine and obviously. Mo's mom and grandmom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, she says it, it, the episode ends with uh, Nani saying, come to Karachi. And uh, as exciting as this is, Brad, I, I'm kind of nervous about this going out of the country and the story getting bigger. What I liked about the show so much is like kind of it being set in high school and their home and it being kind of small and in Jersey and you know I'm kind of worried it's gonna become Spider-Man Homecoming where it becomes the later half of that where it becomes bigger what are your thoughts um I'm not too upset by that if anything just because like you know Moon Knight was still a fairly it was a smaller story but it still took us to like Egypt and stuff like that yeah. Uh, and I think that worked out pretty well. So I think I think it's fine, especially because, you know, I think I like the idea of going to, uh, you know, locations that we haven't really spent time in uh, in the MCU yet. You know, so New Jersey isn't a far cry from New York. And like there's only so much you can do as far as like having exciting stuff and interesting adventures happening in you know a city that looks like most of the major cities across the United States. So I think going to Karachi offers something unique uh and and cool yeah i hope if anything i hope that it if the, we're assuming they're going right are I they mean, going i i mean i i would hope so i would i would think so <laughs> she could be like no i'm not going to karachi but i'm hoping like I'm, i get the impression that kamala was born in america and has never been 
to there. Yeah. So it would be kind of cool to see an American born Pakistani, uh, you know, modern Pakistani going there and uh, kind of uh, experiencing the culture of her ancestors. I think like that could be cool. Yeah. I agree. Um, We only have three episodes left. I don't like these shorter seasons of things, but uh, what do you think we need to speculate about here, Brad? Like, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, I think there's too many unknowns to really have like any good guess as to like what's going to happen. You know, um, we already mentioned how like whatever's going on here likely has to be some kind of setup for uh, the Marvels, since we know the the Captain Marvel sequel is supposed to involve Kamala in some way um, and likely having her come in contact with Carol Danvers. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it just, it just depends on how this villain well, I, have, is. I have a question for you on that line. Oh, okay. Thinking, uh, because in th- this episode and previous episodes, she was wearing like Carol Danvers, uh, jacket and uh, like, like a replica of her jacket. Uh, like, obviously they're building, you know, she's a big Captain Marvel fangirl and this episode they mention to get the clandestine back to their dimension the interdimensional travel would require what it what was it like the the power uh, about the power of like the sun or something yeah. like that and, and equal to the sun i'm wondering do you think there's any chance maybe in the last episode that like captain, captain marvel, marvel shows, shows up, up. Yeah. uh i don't think that we can rule it out you know i think that that would be a fun thing uh for fans to see it would be a cool way to 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 you know even more directly set up the marvels um it would be, you know, a big payoff for a character like Kamala to meet, you know, the the hero she's idolized for so long. So, yeah, I think it makes more sense than not. It's just a matter of, you know, whether it's necessary or and whether or not you... I feel like maybe it might be better if you don't and you save that for the movie because maybe it's yeah. best to let Ms. Marvel stand on her own and figure out stuff herself without you know, getting help or like influence from Captain Marvel beyond what she already has just by being part of her, uh, you know, uh, hobbies and her, her love for superheroes. Yeah. Although on, on the other hand, I agree with everything you said. On the other hand, I do almost wish that like, you know, uh, Kamala is like so questioning uh, her role. Like if she can be a superhero and it'd be so cool to have, the superhero that she's like always uh, admired be there and to treat her on an even level and that to like you know come into play to convince her that like this is meant to be in some yeah. way or yeah. even to like show up afterwards and like oh, yeah. and you know just give her like be like you know like you didn't need my help yeah um I guess uh, what what other questions we have? I guess um, yeah, we already talked about the Bengals uh, connections to the Shang Chi. Yeah, do, do you think the people of Talo they were from another dimension? Do you think they were also of Nor descent? Uh, I think that it's it's possible for sure. You know. <laughs> A lot of the, a lot of these. I, 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 I feel like Brian has rubbed off on you, Brad. Like because every time I ask Brian a question, he always gives me. Oh, it's possible. <laughs> well, honestly, like that's that's the thing though is like a lot of these theories are like they're good enough and they make enough sense that like it is possible. But it's just it's just as likely to be possible as it is to not happen at this point. You know, like there's yeah, there's not enough for for like to convince me like one way or the other. Like 
you know, like it's it's the difference between you know uh, guessing that you know Riva was was one of the younglings in the Jedi Temple, and then make you know taking a wild stab in the dark at something that is possible, but you know not very likely. Yeah. So sometimes it ends up being um, who's the person from Wandavision that we all, that everybody was speculating was Mephisto. Mephisto, yeah. Sometimes it ends up being Mephisto, and sometimes it ends up being correct. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I guess, uh, yeah, it's really hard to figure out where this is going. As three episodes left, as of right now, the clandestine are like. They're imprisoned at Department of Damage Control, I would think, right? So they're going to have to break out. I imagine it's probably not super hard for them, but... Yeah, they just got to touch their um, pendant, and then it becomes a gun or something. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But, uh, yeah. um, So I guess they're going to come to Karachi. I don't know. I I really don't know where this is headed. That excites me. Uh, Do you have any other speculation for Miss Marvel? Uh, I don't... I don't think so. I think that that's it. Yeah. Well, we're still I, waiting I for that potential Haley Steinfeld cameo. I don't know how that will come into play <laughs> if if they, if they do go to Karachi. So I will say that the um, the member of the clandestines that uh, was singing the popcorn popcorn song was kind of wearing a tracksuit. I had to rewind it a couple times and like search online to the tracksuit mafia from. From, from Hawkeye to see if it was the same tracksuit it is not so it's just he's just like a hip more of a hip um person I guess uh but yeah so yeah I wonder do, do you think now that we're like leaving New Jersey do you really think there's going to be a Haley Steinfeld like Hawkeye connection here I mean, I really don't know. It, it would be weird to have that credit in there unless it was just a, a flat-out mistake somehow that made it in there and not have it become anything, you know? So unless, it, like, maybe she, like, maybe she's the one who makes an appearance uh, in the final episode or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It would I mean, make, they're all, all going to be part of the, new event, or the Young Avengers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it would, it would make sense. It's just a matter of if they how they do it yeah okay you can find more of all of our work at slashlam.com you can find this podcast in apple google overcast spotify all the popular podcast apps please feel free to send us your feedback questions comments concerns to us at peter at slashlam.com and please rate and read this podcast in apple podcast tell your friends spread the word we'll see you tomorrow or we'll see you on monday tomorrow saturday for the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase it's a culture and the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.